Welcome to Orphans No More, a media extension of Justice for Orphans, a ministry dedicated to rally the church for the cause of the fatherless, inspiring, educating, and equipping believers to care for vulnerable children, and supporting those who have heard and heeded the call of James 127. Here's your host, Sandra Flack. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. That is Job 42, verse 2. Welcome to Orphans No More, a podcast to encourage, educate, and equip you to care for children in crisis through adoption, foster care, and kinship care. I am your host, Sandra Flack. Thank you for joining me today. I'm pre-recording this podcast episode on March 1st, and in light of world events, uh, from the moment of this recording, it, we are just six days into the war in Ukraine. Our hearts and prayers continue to be with the Ukrainian people, especially the most vulnerable, the orphaned uh, mothers and children, uh, the elderly, the widows, all of the people of Ukraine. And as you probably know, um, especially if you're a regular listener, Ukraine uh, is near and dear to my heart as four of my children were born there. My husband and I adopted a sibling set of four from Ukraine. Um, so please continue to pray for Ukraine. Um, they are experiencing horrific trauma. If you watch the news, um, depending on what news you're watching, um, I tend to watch some news and then I tune into social media because I know people in Ukraine. I know people who are posting from there on their social media and showing uh, live video of what is actually going on in their villages and cities. Um, I, I, I'm friends with a lot of you out there on social media who have also adopted children or hosted children from Ukraine um, and you're posting things from people that you know who are on the ground so so many of us are so connected to Ukraine um, and if God hadn't called us into this place of adoption uh, or caring for orphans we might not even have really any awareness about Ukraine or concern for Ukraine, but so many of us are directly touched by this or indirectly touched by this. Please continue to pray for the Ukrainian people. Uh, and you might think that the scripture that I opened with from Job, that I chose it for um, a time such as this with the people of Ukraine, because they we know that God can do all things and no purpose of his can be thwarted. And we know that that's really what it's going to take in Ukraine. Only God can really intervene. Who, who can stand up to Putin but God? Um, but I actually didn't pick the verse. My guest today picked the verse and we scheduled this interview quite some time ago. Um, and it has nothing really to do with Ukraine, except for the fact that one of her children um, happens to be adopted from Ukraine as well. Um, but we'll, we'll get to her story a little bit because really it's going to be an encouragement and a support to adoptive moms and women who are struggling. Um, so that's what that is about. Um, but also, please keep sending me your emails and reaching out on social media. I love hearing from listeners who 
share what this podcast means to you and how you're encouraged by it. And when you ask questions, when you email those questions in, I personally read and respond to every question. Um, So please reach out if you have a question or if you would like to schedule a call to connect with me or, you know, maybe maybe you feel like your story is a story that would really inspire and encourage our other adoptive and foster mama listeners. Um, so reach out to me and let me know because this is a weekly podcast. I am always looking for um, guests who will encourage our listeners and inspire them. So reach out to me. You can reach me by my direct email, which is Sandra Flack, JFO at gmail.com. Or you can reach me also through our ministry website, justicefororphansny.org. So now joining us today is a fellow adoptive mom who experienced tremendous pain and grief in her life and marriage. Darlene Larson is founder of Hearts with a Purpose, where she has coached women for over 13 years and is a passionate and seasoned life purpose coach. Diane is a professional certified life coach, purpose coach, recovery coach, and grief loss coach. She passionately coaches women that are harried, hurting, and hungry. Sounds like adoptive moms. I I know I can relate to harried, hurting, and hungry. Um, Guiding them to the freedom that discovering their life purpose brings. Please welcome Darlene Larson. Hey, Darlene. Hello, Sandra. It's great to be here today. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Um, Very excited for my listeners to meet you and to hear about your work. Um, I know our conversation will be a little bit different than our usual adoption story conversation because so much trauma occurred in your marriage and in your family. Um, But before we go to that, let's cover a little bit of your adoption story. You have three children, now adults, adopted uh, a son from Ukraine, Uh, and uh, two daughters adopted as infants. They were domestic adoptions, I believe. Um, So just share with us a little bit what what led you to pursue adoption. How did that play out in your life? Absolutely, and and I thank you for your ministry and for the hearts of our listeners. Um, mm, Women, I love women and all that God does in our lives. And uh, once I was married, um, married in mid-20s, and at that time back then, um, you really, mid-20s, going into 30s, you know, you don't want to wait too long. So uh, could not conceive. And the definition of infertility is, you know, not, no contraceptives and you don't conceive. Or infertility is when you can't conceive after a year of no contraceptives. And that was showing up in my life. And it was a big challenge for me, um, Sandra, because I was a, I'm a learner and a go-getter and love the Lord and love um, learning. And that was uh, like the first big stop sign in my life of, okay, how are you going to handle this? I mean, God and I, and I went deep with the Lord and that I did what Hannah did. Hannah was my my model at that time as I vented to the Lord and poured my heart out through years of infertility. And then um, we came to a crossroad that a specialist had suggested something that I really wasn't um, in favor of and couldn't ethically be okay with that. And so 
I knew at a crossroad when I left the doctors that day that the uh, of testing and trying to conceive and was done. I was done, and that was seven or eight years after the marriage, and shortly after or into the marriage, and then shortly after that, uh, we began to look at adoption and um, pursue adoption and applications. Wow. So you, um, what led you to choose Ukraine, just out of curiosity, because I'm a mama of four from Ukraine. Well, you know, um, Sandra, that's just a really, um, you want to hold up, you can see it, but uh, this was colored in Ukraine. Um, my, my son is number three, so in birth order. So the girls were adopted states, stateside, birth mothers chose us. And then um, we had talked about international adoption. And so we had had uh, three different exchange students in our home during those years of raising my daughters. And uh, two were from the country of Ukraine. And at that time, um, we happened to see online a young boy that wasn't supposed to be online uh, in an adoption um, through Ukraine at that time. And somehow we saw him and he was to become our son. And I knew our third child was to be a son. So that's a part of Ukraine. And I am guessing your heart and mine um, are just grieved. Um, I just looked at the news before I got on and I have to really guard myself of because mm-hmm. um, I can sit there and cry and mm-hmm. pray. And um, as you, I'm certain, Sandra, and I've traveled all that country and taken that train from Kiev. And I just am aghast of what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I pray, pray. Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're praying, praying without ceasing, following the news, following so many that I know some, so many of our listeners also have a, an adoption connection with Ukraine and um we know people there. We know our adoption facilitators. I've been in communication with some missionary friends that are there, some uh, our adoption facilitator, and um, and so many others. And and then I know so many people who also are connected with people there. And it's like everybody's. Sometimes that's the best uh, news to follow when it's people you know there on the ground posting. And, and because of the internet and everybody has their smartphone you're seeing the atrocities of war. And I know this, we're not really here today to talk about all of that, but um, just to be praying, to be praying for, you know, the most vulnerable suffer. Um, And I've seen a picture just this morning of children from a baby house orphanage in Ukraine, all lined up uh, in a bomb shelter. It looks like a basement somewhere, um, several babies in cribs and, and toddlers sitting around on little chairs. And I've been in baby houses and two of my children came out of a baby house. And um, just to see that and to know that these are children who've already experienced trauma prenatally uh, and then the abandonment and, and being an orphan and now war. It's just unspeakable the impact this is going to have on them if they survive it, right? And we pray that they do. We pray that God will intervene. Um, So our hearts ache, um, I think, just uh, especially because we have children from there. Um, So I know our our stories are are tied together in that way. Um, And then I've heard you use the phrase double love load. Um, What do you mean by that? Share that with us. You know, it took me a while to figure this out in my own story, but 
Um, especially this is something I picked up with um, my daughters being born in the States and where a birth mom selected us to raise. Um, I was, uh, I'm a responsible person, that's my bent. And when I left the hospital with our, our first daughter, I remember feeling such overwhelming um, responsibility. I mean, I walked out of teaching in a Christian school and eight hours later coming home with our daughter. I mean, and it was such a change, but I felt um, even leaving the hospital and the way they told us to leave the hospital and the birth mother was there, I felt in a way like we were stealing our, our daughter, um, which was so strange feeling and being excited, but I grieved for the birth mom, even though this was the birth mom's decision and choice to release her child to us. But when I left there, it was like, okay, Lord, I'm gonna do my best to love her and lead her well. Well, number one, what with this double love load is what I realized is, number one, I really felt responsible to the Lord. I was chosen, you know, to raise my girls and my son to the best that I could you know, according to the word and the way the Lord wants us to raise children. Mm. And I, uh, Sandra, I I was raised in a home where my parents, if I could say they did one thing right, it was um, the way they raised us with discipline and healthy boundaries and, and kids, they did a good job, my parents did. And so number one, I I planned on raising my girls in, in that type of mentality. And so I felt responsible for, for from the Lord. But second, I didn't realize this, but I put the load of pleasing the birth mother. I didn't realize that I wanted to please her. Mm-hmm. I wanted her to be so thankful that she chose us um, to raise her daughter. And so I carried those that load um, that the Lord never expected me to carry. And it was mm-hmm. something I had to really unpack and let go of later on in my journey. Mm. I can I can somewhat relate to that because although our our four Ukrainians, you know, it wasn't like their mom picked us. They the two older ones had been with the biological parents and and were neglected and abandoned, and they ended up in an orphanage. Had it been in the United States, they would have went into foster care or something. But in Ukraine, they didn't have a foster care system. So they went into an orphanage. And then when mom became pregnant with the third child, um, she abandoned him at the hospital and he went into the, the baby orphanage. And the same thing with number four. We came home with the first three and had only just found out about the fourth one because he wasn't yet paperwork wasn't in order we couldn't take him if we wanted to but my heart grieved because I I do I do have three biological children and here I came home from a foreign country with three biological siblings and uh, my heart ached for this mom whose life had to be so desperate and horrific that she was in that state you know I just my I prayed for her for a long time and then sadly when we traveled a few years later to adopt the fourth one, when he became available, part of our paperwork, we discovered she had passed away and she was very young to have had four children and then pass away. And I, I have no way of knowing this, but it's like in my heart, I feel like she somehow lost hope. She somehow knew her children were adopted away, far away into the United States, you know, and um, 
and, and my heart just breaks because of that. But that there is that, you know, we're we're second mothers. Somebody we're raising other people's children, and it is a it is a high calling. It is um, a, a huge responsibility, but really we're to do it unto the Lord and not to try to please somebody else out there. But I can I can see where that can kind of dictate our our thoughts and our emotions and our actions for sure. Absolutely. And um, yes, I, our hearts match. And I think it, it was just the Lord reminded me over and over as I journeyed in with more of my story is that God, I believe God allows things in our life or he causes them. And it's mm-hmm. really goes back to the sovereignty of God. Yeah. And um, that's just something I had to also release um, as my children aged um, to release them back. Yes. <laughs> to keep releasing them as we pray <laughs> as moms. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, now, you struggled with that thinking, but also um, what should have been a time where your family was growing and thriving, things were actually unraveling. Uh, you came to realize that you had been suffering from emotional and mental abuse for 25 years. Um, would you share with our listeners what happened? How how were you jolted from denial to doing something about it? Sure. Excuse me. Yes, I will. You know, um, it was 22 years into the marriage before, um, Sandra, that I knew there was a label for what I lived in. Um, I knew there were such thing as spiritual abuse, uh, physical abuse, sexual abuse, but I never knew. And I, I'm a reader and a studier, and I was amazed. God hid that emotional abuse term definition um, until He knew I could handle it strong enough and stand up to expose it. So what happened um, is that in '03, and I'm running numbers real quick here to uh, recall, but that was a year, um, 19 years into the marriage. Um, that I lost my, I lost my father and I lost my um, youngest brother within three years of each other. And so my father's death was like a, a jolt. It was like, whoa, um, life's going fast. And we never expected my father. It was my mom we thought would pass first. And then to lose my youngest brother the same way um, as my father's death. Both men were tall, healthy, worked their full days, both died at home. My brother at 40 just laid himself down on the kitchen floor after he got off his treadmill, took his glasses, eyeglasses off, drank a glass of water, and laid himself down to die. Um, because of heart attacks. And they died within a mile of each other. It, it was just absolutely um, shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, because, And then within that same time, my other brother was a triple bypass caught in the nick of time. So it was like, I was waiting for the shoes to just drop, drop, drop. Well, after my brother's death or standing at my brother's casket is where I really wrestled with God because I told God, you took the wrong one. That was supposed to have been me in the casket because of the pain that I lived in was uh, was so painful and so bad. And so I um, I just said, Lord, if that would have been, then I flipped my questions the other way. And I'm a question asker and, and God's revealed that because that's the gift for coaching. But I ran the questions the other way. I said, if that would have been me in the casket, what would people believe about my life? And it was, well, they would have believed a lie about my life. And then I realized, you know, my brother's voice was silenced, not by his choice. 
is God. And, um, but I still had a voice and I had a choice. And was I going to stand up to the truth of my story? And um, that was in the year of 06. And so this is 16, you know, I'm 16 years on the other side of that, but you can still hear the shock, the jolt. And so shortly after that, Sandra, I stopped. I went the other way with scripture. I said, okay, I'm done whining. I'm done fussing. Obviously, God, Revelations 4.11 says that you will me to exist. Therefore, you have a reason why I'm still alive. So what is it? And within weeks from those, my brother's uh, funeral, um, I came across a book. And that's when Life Purpose Coaching was coaching was just coming out in 06, Sandra, with, with Life Purpose. And I, because of a scholarship that the Training Institute gave me, um, the doctor believed in me and my story. It was God's divine appointment that I flew out to California and began all my coach training in 06, 07. And then um, in 07, that would be 22 years, I found out what it was that I lived in. And so God was getting me strong enough and to understand I did have a purpose. I did have a reason to still be alive. And it was to become a life purpose coach and that I could coach women no matter their story and coach them forward to what God has. And then I had to expose the truth of my story. And so through the next five years, and it took five years um, to expose, uh, to get help, to be in and out of counseling and to stand strong and tall. And unfortunately, my children got were teenagers during that time and had just right before that, before the deaths. Um, matter of fact, my son from Ukraine was just in the home when I lost my brother. And I even remember drawing a picture and talking to him about what to expect at the funeral because mm -hmm. it was his introduction to what a funeral looks like. Mm -hmm. And, um, so unfortunately, my children um, really got scrambled. Uh, they were teenagers, of course, during all of this. And that was really messy and the pain. And um, but I had to tell the truth of really what was going on behind the front door at the house on the hill. Mm -hmm. So uh, what happened with your children and family? Uh, my children were teenagers at that time. One was uh, past the age, um, doing, you know, 18 or so. The other two were still underage. And um, my children um, made the decision that they would choose to go live elsewhere and not with me. And I recall um, my counselor had said to me, um, what do you, you know, my, my counselor stood with me and walked this, my support team all the way through this because my counselor said to me on the day that they all drove out the driveway that it was seeing four caskets go out the driveway. And I stood and waited for them to leave me. I was not going to leave my children. I stood and waited for the marriage to collapse and our house went into foreclosure. Sandra, everything mm -hmm. went collapse, the house on the hill or the house built on sand. And um, something I did is that I wrote a letter to each of my children and um, I wrote it and I gave them each a copy um, as they left and tucked. I remember one of them, I tucked it in their pillowcase and um, it was if they ever chose to change their mind, they could always come and live with me, but they would also have to live under um, my, my boundaries in my home. 
Mm. Wow. And how is your relationship? They're all adults now. They all are adults. Yes, they are. They're all parents. A couple are married. Um, They are doing their own life. Um, Sandra, they are, uh, my son has such a beautiful, soft heart. Um, I talked to him about how he was feeling with Ukraine Mm. and, um, you know, just told him I'm so thankful he's here Mm -hmm. and that he's my son. So they're choosing, I'm doing the best I can to reach out. Um, but they're doing life their way and their choices and, you know, they're, they're adults now. Mm-hmm. So it's. Seemed- I've told, I've told. Sorry, Sandra. I've Go told ahead. my kids all along, uh, all along through this journey um, and collapse of the family, is that in my eyes, I am their mom until mm-hmm. I am buried. Mm-hmm. I am their mom, and they are my children. And that will. I have three children, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that's where I stand, and I love and pray for them immensely. Yeah. So it sounds, just just for clarity for our listeners, part of that emotional abuse, the children were used against you? That In most um, homes of women who hang on, yes. Um, women hang on because of um, the children, and this is stats, that the children will be um, turned against you. And you can read almost any book out there about mom's abuse and children being used against the wife and usually are the mom. And usually um, women will hang on mm. for that purpose. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine little children having to um, go through that. It was hard enough. Mm. I thank God. In a way, I look at my story and I almost feel like God was waiting in a sense, um, for everyone to get a little older, um, to just deal with everything. Mm. Wow. Well, your experience caused you to go deep with the Lord. We see that. Um, And today you coach women from around the world. So share with us, why did you start Hearts with a Purpose? Well, Hearts with a Purpose is where I can be found, but um, Number one is the heart attacks in my family. Um, I was in so much emotional pain um, because of the abuse that there were times I rubbed my heart. It hurt so bad. And um, and then the heart attacks. And our life purpose, Sandra, will not go away. It's embedded in our heart. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're called to be a quilter or to work with animals or to be a faceter or an author or a pianist, um, it's not going to go away. God put it in there when he created us and so hearts with a purpose and you know it just fits my journey and god's unfolding of hearts with a purpose and my story Mm, i love that god often uses right our testimony to then minister to others in the same space or similar spaces. So you've even written several books. I know you have a a series of books for coaching. So tell us about them. Okay. Well, I've written a 31-day devotional series of books for women, and it's dealing with our domains of life. You know, as women, 
we carry a lot every day. I mean, different hats we wear. Mm -hmm. And um, because of my story and because of being um, the abuse slaughtered all of my domains of my life. And when I explain that, think of a pie and we as women um, slice up our days. Well, you know, I'll go do my devotions with God, our spiritual. Well, the key is God wants into every slice of our life. And so the first book is your spiritual domain. It's really, I have report cards in these books for women, assessments. It's for a woman to look at her life. And that's, this is where I had to start. Sandra is where, what's going on in my life? I can't go forward. Why can't I? <laughs> I had to evaluate my life. <laughs> it was a mess. And so the first book is spiritual. The second book is our thought life, how God wants mm -hmm. us to shift our thoughts. Our third, The third book is those feelings, the emotion part of our life. You know, there's nowhere in scripture God says, feel it. No, God says, choose to transform your thoughts. And so mm. our feelings can get in our way. So the third book's emotions. And then the fourth book's relationships. And then there'll be a fifth book on finances, a sixth book on physical domain. And um, also there'll be our life purpose slash career vocation. So those are 31-day coaching uh, devotional books. And um, I've coached women with them. I I highly recommend their small chunks of women's stories and pieces of mind, but it's teaching women how to apply one verse at a time to change your life. Mm. You know, like I said, I shared with you that I had to go from Revelation 4, 11, that um, when I stood at my brother's casket and shortly after it was like, okay, no more whiny way. Lord, Revelation 4, 11 says, you will me to exist. Okay, so you will me to exist and that you have a plan with my life. And so what I did from then on is I just began to stay, yeah, stack those verses up on top of each other and say, we're going forward. No more of this sucking life out of me. I want to give, I want to be used for the kingdom, mm -hmm. not to be used in a bad way. I want to be used to further God's kingdom. I want women to grow and grow in love with the Lord and become all that he has for them. Mm. Oh, I love your heart. I love your heart for women. Um, so wonderful. Darlene, you're an inspirational coach, speaker, and writer for women. Our audience for this show is primarily adoptive, foster, and kinship caregivers, uh, moms like us. Uh, we're second mothers raising other people's children. It's a difficult journey riddled with trauma, grief, loss, and daily struggles. So what words of encouragement can you offer us today? It is so important to be in the Word. Mm. I would not be where I am today if I would have chosen my 20s, um, and it was way before marriage, that I chose to be a woman of the Word. And um, it was a prayer that God's held me to, really, um, Sandra, is that a woman a uh, lady Sunday school class in a little country church. I was in the basement in early I was in my early 20s. And um, she said, I'm going to stop right now. And I'm going, she was teaching on Daniel. And she said, I'm going to ask you to think about this. Do you want to be a Daniel? And Daniel and Daniel 1, 6 or 1, 8, where he purposed ahead. And I chose right then that morning in that Sunday school class to purpose ahead that I would stay true to the word no matter what God wanted. I would, and to me, that was stay in touch with God, stay mm -hmm. in the word. So I believe God held me to that prayer, Sandra, through all the years. So I would say women stay in the word and do battle with God. Life's hard, as we just talked about. Life is hard. 
And there's going to be things we don't get at all. And scripture tells us, lean not on your own understanding. Stay in the word and grieve it out with God as Hannah did. Oh, I love that. Such good advice because I, I mean, that is that's foundational to be women of the word foundational. Yes. Yeah. So you are such an inspiration for our listeners. Um, for those that would like to connect with you to learn more, uh, maybe grab one of your books or uh, learn about some life coaching. Uh, I know uh, your website says you um, coach women who are harried, hurting, and hungry. That describes a lot of us, foster and adoptive moms. <laughs> um, so how can our listeners connect with you? Do you have a website? Where would we find you? Absolutely. And, you know, because of this, this topic is so near and dear to my heart. Um, this is the only one that I've almost cried the whole time through. <laughs> so, you know, that tells you Um how much I am for moms and adoptive moms and the call on our life to make a difference. And um, there's something I do want to give a special offer because I know, I know, um, I know the cost, I know the cost all around of, of raising others, children, and you love them and you want so much for them, but you can only do so much. But if there's any woman here that's interested in life purpose coaching and she wants a coaching plan with me, just, just say, you heard me with Sandra on her on her podcast and I will give $200 off in that coaching plan. Second wow. is come to come to hearts with a purpose and I have a 30 minute coaching slot that women that's free 30 minutes. Um, come on over and sign up if you see a time slot that doesn't work then email me. Um, email me and we'll see what we can do. I also have on my website is a, a quiz for women, if they wonder if they're in abuse, or is it just a bad attitude? And so I have a very simple quiz that may help you discern if it's abuse or bad attitude. And they can take that quiz and sign up for my coaching newsletter right there. They also can get my first book free on my website at heartswithapurpose.com. I'm on Facebook at Hearts With A Purpose. I do go lives over there on Monday nights. I'm Darlene Terrell Larson on my personal wall and in, i'm on i was gonna say so i'm on um instagram oh, <laughs> i was gonna call it another site and i had to stop myself it's where my books are and i had to stop that is correct and my library is over at pinterest um i've had people ask me before on podcasts is what books have you read well my library i pinned over there so women can just go to my go to hearts with a purpose on pinterest to see what books i've devoured over the years and continue to read mm, i love that we will include all of the links um that you mentioned in our show notes for this episode so that our listeners can easily access them darlene thank you for all that you do to coach and encourage women to live out their god-given purpose and thank you for being on the show today Thank you for having me and God bless you and all the dear, dear listeners. Thank you. And thank you for listening. We will include links to Darlene's website, Hearts with a Purpose, in the show notes so you can easily find it. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to let us know by subscribing to Orphans No More uh, and let your fellow adoptive and fostering friends know so that they can listen to the show and be encouraged and equipped too. Check out my family's 
kinship and adoption story in my book, Orphans No More, A Journey Back to the Father. Uh, Most of our book details um, my family's two Ukrainian adoptions of our four kids. Many of the places we're seeing in the news um, I have been to and are mentioned in the book. Some, in some cases, names have been changed to protect um, some of the folks that were helping us in the adoption. Um, but uh, it's it's you feel like you're stepping into Ukraine uh, when you read my book. Uh, and, and more importantly, many of the people, including our beloved feisty facilitator, Alex, that's not her real name. She's one of the main people I wanted to protect. Um, she is a facilitator that has been actually um, uh, helping families adopting children through Reese's Rainbow. Um, she was our facilitator for both of our adoptions, and she is a key reason why um, our kids came home. In fact, in the book, I mentioned how I was grateful to have Alex and God on our side. Um, And, you know, she is feisty. And I've been in communication with her um, through Messenger uh, to to be able to see if she is okay. Um, And she's been fighting to defend her home. Uh, The last I knew, she was still in in uh, Ukraine and fighting uh, and trying to rally the troops in her village. I don't know if she has fled since then. I haven't had a more recent communication with her, Um, but she is a big part of our story and her fighting spirit is what you're seeing played out on the news um, even today during this horrific war um, and the attacks on the Ukrainian people. So my book, Orphans No More, is available wherever you buy books. If you order from Amazon, um, please do me a favor. I would be hugely blessed if you would go in there and leave a review. Um, I have nearly 90 reviews. I'm really hoping for 100 reviews. Um, So if you would go in there and leave a review, I would greatly appreciate that. Um, And most importantly more than anything, please pray for the people of Ukraine. Uh, If you'd like a signed copy of my book, which includes a special bookmark, um, that's a gift that gets enclosed in there, you can order from my website, sandraflack.com. There you will also learn more about me, read my blog, and you can contact me for speaking opportunities. If you're doing a an adoption retreat, a mom's retreat, um, a, a conference, a, an adoptive and foster mom's day out kind of thing, um, I would love to come and share and encourage um, moms. So um, please feel free to reach out to me there as well. Uh, I'd like to give a big shout out to our Care Portal County sponsors. Uh, locally here in New York, Tri Nuclear Corporation, Bishop Boundary Construction, and National Bank of Kuksaki. These businesses care about children and families in crisis, and they help us do what we do. Don't forget to check out our website, justicefororphansny.org, where we now have an entire resource page dedicated to FASD and trauma. We want to help you to become FASD informed and equipped. Our website is going to be going through a major update soon, um, and it'll be even um, have more on there for you, more resources. Um, and uh, we're hoping I'll, I'll, I'll give an official announcement when it's actually all up and ready to go, but we're working on that now. Be sure to Find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Justice for Orphans. You can also follow me um, on Facebook at Sandra Flack. Uh, I also have an at Sandra Flack author page. And I'm on Instagram as Sandra Flack 
underscore JFO. I am so grateful that you spent your valuable time with me today. I am thrilled to have you along for the journey. Thank you for listening to Orphans No More, for sharing what you've heard and praying for vulnerable children everywhere. We hope you are inspired to walk out James 127 in whatever way God calls you. For more information, visit justicefororphansny.org.